Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we're interviewing the founder of a therapy practice whose innovation and non-traditional form of therapy has made her known from around the world. She's impacting lives in a big, positive way, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. But before we do that, I'd like to tell you about my business transition readiness program for business owners. The next start date is September 25th, 2020, and we're running an early bird special. So check this out. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the Business Transition Readiness Program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner Julie Keyes, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with the founder and owner of Walk Talk Therapy, Tammy Rosenblum. Tammy, welcome to the show. It is so good to see you again. Hi, Julie. It's great to see you after our long absence of working together. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I just am so glad that you can be with us here today. And um, as I said in my introduction, you have just grown to be very successful in your life and in your practice, your therapy practice, not just in the Twin Cities, but all over the place. Like you get calls from all over, right? Mm -hmm. Wanting to know about walk talk therapy. Yep. It's just such a brilliant way to deliver your service. So, but before we get into talking more about your practice and your wisdom, I'd like you to just share a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you've grown and how your practice came to be. Sure. Be happy to answer that. Uh, I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker with 30 years of experience as a therapist, and I work with teens, college age, adults, and families. I have a master's degree in social work, and my business is called Walk Talk Therapy. Walk Talk Therapy really grew out of my own walking experiences. I used to walk with my aunts when I was a teenager, and my aunts loved to walk. Walking mm. was an activity that we did together, yeah. and it was a way for my cousins and I to feel included in the adult lives and a way to connect with them. So the idea was brewing um, because I also walk with friends. That's an activity I really enjoy doing. And as a mom raising children many years ago, walking was an outlet for relaxation. It was time for myself and having time with adult, having adult conversations. Um, my friends and I would joke that our walks were therapy. Sometimes we'd say what happens on the walk stays on the walk. Ooh, so I, like I came to this idea of walk talk <laughs> therapy really as a result of my walks with friends and family. Mm. And it just felt really natural and helpful with each other. And I imagine, wow, helping my clients who are anxious or depressed. And instead of giving my clients the homework of, of exercise or go take a walk, 
which I recommended in my office therapy practice, we would be doing it instead of talking about it. And that really fits my philosophy of doing and moving forward together. The concept mm-hmm. of walking therapy was very organic. So it's what our bodies were meant to do. Um, and it's often gotten lost in our predominantly sitting society. Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? Especially yes. since so many of us are having to work from home. You know, not all of us have the luxury of a of a um, treadmill at their at our desk, right? I often wish that I did. But just being able to get outside, let's talk about that. Getting outside and the therapeutic effects of that. For sure. So um, just in terms of the walking therapy, it is, so it's a a really active way to approach counseling and you're outside and really the healing provides you with a focus on your emotional, physical, and your spiritual health. A lot of people really find it helpful when we're walking outside to walk side by side instead of sitting across from someone. And it allows people to feel more comfortable opening up when we're walking next to each other. And it's um, an active way to get help and to talk about your problems. Outdoors is a more relaxed environment mm-hmm. than a counseling office. And um, it can be a great way to like jumpstart your fitness routine that you already have. So it, it also encourages besides healthy emotions and support, but healthy activity. In terms of the advantages of being outdoors, um, first of all, I find being outdoors is really fun. Um, yeah. And it's good for our, our whole being. And to me, being outdoors feels like play and not a chore. So I'm not mm. sure if you have had that experience of absolutely being inside all day. And so a few examples of the outdoors is our is sunlight. Um, sunlight definitely boosts our serotonin, which we need to improve our energy, helps keep your mood calm and positive. Um, I read that based on some research that spending 20 minutes outdoors gives your brain an energy boost comparable to a good cup of coffee. Mm. And the other great thing about the outdoors is that it's like literally right outside your door and you can start walking. And um, some people find that being outdoors is easier because you're in nature and you're around grass and trees and plants. And that that adds a psychological boost for people. For sure. Um, I thought this was an interesting research point is that research shows that natural scents when we're outside, like freshly cut grass, pine and roses make you feel calmer and more relaxed. Mm. Um, I find that the outdoors also boost my creativity and it can improve focus. So for example, if you're struggling, more of us are spending a lot more time indoors, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute. So like, let's say you're struggling with procrastination or you have a writer's block, you know, just try to ditch your laptop and get outdoors. I know that I'm a runner and when I'm running and I let my mind wander and I'm not listening to a podcast or to music, um, I find that like I discover new insights into my work and I solve problems without even working on trying to solve them. Isn't that something? Yeah, I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Um, One other benefit of being outdoors is it really helps with um, what's called seasonal affective disorder. Maybe many of the listeners know about that. It's a condition with symptoms of anxiety, exhaustion, and sadness. So being outdoors Mm -hmm. will lessen the severity of seasonal affective disorder, um, even when the weather is cold or overcast. And sometimes in, well, we in Minnesota do know a lot about that based on on our weather. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, I have to attest for the um, effectiveness of creativity and being outside because when I was writing the book Poised for Exit, Mm -hmm. many of my ideas um, and things that I wanted to include in the book came from being outside. 
And so I'd, wow. I'd carry my phone with me okay. and I'd have it, you know, geared towards the notes app. Right. So that I could like speak notes into my mm-hmm. phone. And, and so I'd, several of my chapters were either finished or started that way when I was out, like out in the nature and, you know, fresh air and moving forward, right. you know, that whole moving forward thing. And I think that so many of us now are kind of stuck with that. We, and we do deal with, um, we do deal with losses differently, right? Everybody deals with losses. And, and I think that a lot of business owners, especially the ones that, you know, um, are suffering greatly from the pandemic, they're, they're not just suffering from financial loss, they're suffering from other losses. But maybe you could share with us, um, what have you seen? Uh, what are the differences in your clients, mm-hmm. like before the pandemic and now after the pandemic? Okay. Well, first of all, in mid-March, um, I switched from seeing my clients in person to mm-hmm. teletherapy. Sure. And the big difference for me is that I have a new window into my clients' lives because they have graciously allowed me via screen into their homes, There's a, mm-hmm. their apartments and bedrooms, and I've had sessions with people in their pajamas, with children crawling on their laps, <laughs> uh, sessions in their car for privacy. I've met people's pets. People have been in hammocks at their cabin, and I see people's bedrooms. Yeah. Um, and especially for teens, they love showing me their bedrooms. Oh, neat. Um, so I learn more about them. So teletherapy has really provided another dimension into understanding mm-hmm. my clients' lives mm-hmm. um, because I'm seeing them in their setting, not in mine. And I've enjoyed that more than I've expected. Um, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we've all been experiencing pretty strongly since the pandemic and um, it causes a lot of eye strain it can cause boredom it can cause wandering mind so um, (laughs) that's that's something that's completely different I think people are now starting to figure out what to do about that Um, and I would say since the pandemic started we've really been in a life raft trying to stay afloat together my clients and I mm. um, so when they ask me how am I doing I mean I'm honest I'm like you know I my saying has been like one day at a time I'm just trying to get through this like mm-hmm. you are and then we focus on um, their session and what they're calling about but you had mentioned um, financial stress this is a very uncertain time probably the most uncertain time in my lifetime that's yeah. been at this duration with an unknown when the end is going to come yes. and um, you know we've been experiencing death. Some of us have been experiencing death from family members or friends, mm-hmm. colleagues from COVID-19. And I think even just hearing the daily number um, on the news of infected and dead from the virus evokes a lot of stress. Yes. Um, another thing is that there, this is a time of a lot of unrest. So we have our civil unrest. Yes. And we have race, racial injustices going on. We have fears for our physical safety. We have political stressors. Some of us have had political stressors for um, the past four years. And we're grieving. And, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to cope with the stress and stress, stressful situations that are in our control and out our, of our control. Mm-hmm. Did you want me to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Anything, you know, when we talk about business owners who are listening, who are looking for ways to alleviate stress, maybe there's something that you could share or some ideas that you could share with them. Sure. And, and then maybe we'll share a story or two if that you, if you have one after that. Okay. Um, I think the most important thing is don't pretend like nothing is bothering you. Oh my gosh, exactly. Everybody is is bothered right now yes. to different degrees and everybody has different levels of coping in, with stressful situations. I think the biggest thing is about talking 
about your concerns or your worries with a trusted friend or family member. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because some people feel like they're a burden, like they might be burdening others, which may not be true. Oh, well, they have a lot going on. I don't want to tell them what's going on with me. Um, However, talking about your concerns with a friend or a trusted coworker really is a glue for your relationships. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to figure out, do you want someone to listen? Do you want someone to validate your thoughts and feelings? Do you need some problem solving? Maybe you need a little bit of both of listening and, and solutions. I think it's always a good idea to ask the person you're talking to, is this a good time to talk? Mm-hmm. Put aside your phone, work, turn off the TV. Um, I know when I need to talk and I'll tell my friends, you know what, I really need to vent. Is this a good time? I just need you to listen. <laughs> I don't need any ideas. And... Um, if I don't say that, sometimes naturally we all go into problem solving and trying to fix other people. Yes. And that's annoying. I mean, people don't like that. Yes. People do. People want to be heard. So I know for me that doesn't work. And I think the people around me know that <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it could come from a very caring place. Mm-hmm. Um, and an indicator to know that you're not being heard is when you feel more irritated or frustrated and you resort to like yelling or you're shutting down. Um, and overall, we feel we feel better when we're, when we're being heard and our stress goes down. Um, you know, I incur- I work with a lot of teens and college age um, clients. Yeah, I love that. And we talk a lot about what are your emotions, just sort of validating what is normal for all the disappointments, the losses um, that that age is going through because um, it's been really tough. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah. I also advise those that are stressed with our political climate, to really limit their social media use, volunteer, read books on being an anti-racist, and vote in the upcoming presidential election. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to see a change and you want to make a difference, um, don't stay quiet about that. Um, I also talk to people about being realistic with their expectations. Um, And I tell students, high school and college age, that we may be returning to 100% e-learning. This is for the students that are in the hybrid situation. And it might not work out. You might have to move back home, which I know can be disappointing because there's a lot of excitement right now with yes. college students mm-hmm. um, moving into their dorms and I their know. apartments. And um, I was talking to somebody recently, and we were this is a teen, and we were talking about like, well, I'm the person was like really nervous about the sadness she's going to feel when she says goodbye to her sibling. So we talked about like, what's a cope ahead plan that you can do on your drive home? while you're sad, so not denying the feelings, to, to get along and to, on your long ride home, to do with your family. Um, she felt better because she had a plan. I think when I people like have a plan, yes. then their anxiety goes down. I love that. Cope ahead plan. Like to oh, yes. Think about how you're going to cope and have a plan ahead of time. Can you just talk about that for a second? Because I love that. That's oh, a great sure. concept. Um, I like to talk to people about what are your worries and concerns about this event or about this situation or about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hear them. Every, they, I'm like, list it all out, even if it sounds kind of ridiculous or you think it's like not a big deal or you're overblowing it. So the fact that is that they're listing it, they're talking about what it is. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about what is what are ways that you can handle these situations and handle it well? So you can mm-hmm. do cope aheads for being together with on family Zoom holidays, coping ahead for you could cope ahead for many things. For and sure. then for some of it, we talk about, well, let's cope ahead if the worst case scenario happens. How do you want to handle that well? Because most people are scared to think about the worst case scenario, so they avoid it. Yes. And if you can train your brain to think, well, if that happened, you know, this is what I would do. And then a lot of times people realize, you know what, that's probably not going to happen. It's probably unrealistic. It's just my fears talking. Sure. 
good advice. And you probably um, remind people too, right, that their fears are talking. Oh my goodness, right? all the time. Yes, because <laughs> if there's one thing that I remember from therapy years ago um, is that your thoughts are not reality. Correct. Just because you think them doesn't mean that they're real or that they're so, right? Absolutely. We mm-hmm. do a lot of uh, fact checking and mm-hmm. evidence checking. Mm-hmm. Love you know, that. Are, are my beliefs true? Absolutely. All right, so let's shift just a little bit, Tammy, and talk about um, stress as it relates to the differences between men and women and how they handle stress. Would you say that there's a difference between how women handle stress versus how men handle stress? Okay, I thought a lot about this question. I thought it was a really (laughs) interesting one. And I started by asking this question to my 25-year-old daughter who was living in an apartment in New York and moved home mid-March, and she's been living with us ever since. Oh, nice. And I really respect and admire her opinion. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because you asked the question about men and women, and she answered it more on the gender and a spectrum of gender versus male and female. And I think her generation sees the binary of male and female a lot different than our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she felt like generally, she said generationally, she says that her generation, also I think she's on the cusp of a millennial or a Zoomer, I'm not exactly sure of the exact te- mm-hmm. terminology. Um, you know, they really turn to the internet. They mm-hmm. turn to video games. They turn to their devices, watching YouTube, watching TV on their devices. And I think her generation is less consumed with the differences between men and women. Sure. Um, so I have a lot of hope for that for her generation and who are definitely growing up more tolerant and more inclusive of others. Yes. Um, so we can learn from them. So I can share with you some observations I've had over the years about men and women. Sure. For like older people like us. Yeah. For older people like us um, <laughs> who are young at heart. Right. Exactly. And yeah. um, of course we are. So. I really dislike generalizations. However, sure. this is based on observations, and anyone could disagree with me of course. and have a different perspective. It's an opinion. That's it. So yeah. I think the, one of the greatest stressors for women seems to be relationship-based. Really centering on, um, for women, the loss of relationships is a big stress. Mm. And for men, it seems to be like their greatest stress or a big stress for men is failure of performance mm. um, related to work, possibly related to sports. Um, women seem to be more likely to admit stress than men, and women will be reporting more about stress headaches or stomach upset or back pain. And when when stress piles up for women, they tend to express themselves. They talk it out to feel better. Um, I think women know how to utilize their friendships in a positive way by seeking support from their friends and from their colleagues. Women like to tell stories. They want to be heard and they want to be understood. Men in general, but this can also apply to women, um, seem to be more task-oriented. They like to fix things, do projects, and they're problem solvers. Um, Men tend to bottle up their stress, avoid it, and not talk about it. And it seems like a stress reliever for men would be through projects or activities, such as golf, for example, which is really in the companionship of other people or maybe other men. Mm -hmm. Um, So women also like to be fixers and problem solvers, but it's usually other people they want to fix, not things. Mm. Um, and so here's some just, I think for, for, for both genders, you know, what's, what's important is that we have a healthy outlet for our stress, talking to your friends. Um, when, when men get together and women get together with their own gender, 
I think the conversations are difficult. Are not difficult. Well, maybe they're difficult, but I meant they're different. Yeah, right. Um, but they're both fixers. <laughs> yes. Um, I know. I'm here. I'm like a fixer. I'm trying not to be such oh, a fixer. Oh, myself included. Okay. Um, so you can relate. Um, when men get together, they typically do not, this is a generalization, but they typically don't necessarily talk about their children or their family. And women, when I get together with my friends, like we all want to know about each other's families. We want to know about work. I think, you know, maybe men more work focused. So maybe you've had this experience with your husband. I've had this with mine where he gets together with someone for dinner. He comes home and I'm like, how's so-and-so doing? And how's their family? I don't know. We didn't talk about it. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't talk about it? So um, because that's something I would talk about. Can you relate to that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so all of the years that you have been a practitioner, all the years that you've been, and I know that you've, you're not only a practitioner, a therapist, you're also a business owner mm -hmm. and, and you got a couple businesses, right? You got walk talk therapy. Plus you also have Minnetonka counseling clinic. Correct. So you're a busy gal. Yes. Yes. And, and so over the years, and I know that you also did work for, um, the police, um, yes. not, was it the academy or a particular department? I can't remember. I worked, um, I did an internship when I was going to grad school in Chicago with the Chicago police department and wow. their family counseling. The police officers saw the police, the therapists that were police mm -hmm. and the family members saw the non-police. So wow. I saw the family members. Wow. What an experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was incredible. I believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need you now more than ever. Yes. Um, so it, when we talk about success stories, and I, I, I really want you to share at least one. So could you just share a story with us? I know you have to keep things confidential, but you know, it, to, to shed some light on the work that you do and your expertise and, and to give hope to the people that maybe are listening who are really struggling right now. Yes. Um, because I can't give very specific stories. I mean, I have... Mm -hmm. um, sure. So I, in generalities, I mean, well, this is... True. People come to see me when their life is not a victory. You know, it's messy. It's hard. Bad news has been rolling in. Um, and I'm not afraid of hard. And my clients know mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. we really take like the failures that they've had. We learn from them. We find new ways to have some victories that are large or small. Yeah. And um, so one of my clients was telling me about her victory. And she said it was okay if I share this, that um, for her, she it was a traveling salesperson mm. and, and really has been on the road most of her career. And then the pandemic hit and now she is working from her home office. Mm. So this is really unusual. She's used to being on the go yes. and measuring her productivity in a, in a different way. And that's her relationship with clients. And so she's found strategies to handle that being isolated away from other people and how to be productive when she gets stuck and also that it's okay to talk about it. Um, I had another person recently, it was a college age, who got up the courage, talked to his roommate. Roommate issues are a big, a big uh, yes. topic. Um, and how to talk to people about things that you're concerned about mm. and that are bothering you. And he finally got the courage up because he was seeing on social media that the person was going to parties and to bars and not wearing a mask. Mm. So he had the evidence and he felt really good about himself, that he was that he was assertive. I do a lot of that with my clients. It's teaching them how to say no, how to say yes skillfully. Um, I've had success with people that have more persistent mental health issues. Um, I have many clients that have stopped self-harming. They've stopped having mm. suicidal urges and really built a life worth living. I work with student athletes on their anxiety and their depression and help them with a game plan you know, to cope with their fears and their worries yes. that they have about their performance. Wow. 
Um, I would say that I provide a really safe place for um, my clients, especially the LGBTQ and gender nonconforming clients, that they have like a confidential safe person that they can talk to about their feelings without that fear of being judged, rejection. I also work with OCD, and I do a research mm -hmm. treatment for OCD. And my OCD clients, teens and adults, they get better, and they get a lot better. So that's super rewarding to see. They learn yes. how to push back on the compulsions and the rituals that they that some have been struggling with for from 20 to 30 years. That's amazing, Tammy. Yeah. My clients yeah. work really hard, yeah. really hard on the business of getting better. And they know mm -hmm. I'm in it with them, working mm -hmm. hard next to them. And, and you're walking alongside, and you're truly committed, and you're not just there to watch the clock and say, okay, time's up. Yeah, I think if people knew that, <laughs> if they thought that about me, they wouldn't come back and see me. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. All right, so um, unfortunately, we're reaching the end and okay. of our show today. But I know that you have lots of um, self-care tips and things that you can share um, for our listeners. Um, what are some things that you'd like to share that would help them? Okay, two things that are important. We touched on it earlier, which is a cope ahead. So this is relating to 2020 and the pandemic. Cope ahead for the uncertainties of the pandemic in your business as an employee and have a plan. Um, schools will likely be changing their protocols. Working from home will continue for an unknown period of time. Your college-age child might be returning home. Visiting your aging parent through plexiglass will continue. Mm. So have a cope ahead for date nights, sanity savers, and prepare for the Minnesota winter for people listening in Minnesota mm. and being indoors more. So have a plan. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Tammy? The best way is there's several ways. They can reach me by telephone, 952-223-1300. They can reach me on my websites of Walk Talk Therapy. It's www.walktalktherapymn.com, Walk Talk Therapy MN, or www.minnetonkacounseling.com. I'm also on social media on Facebook under Walk Talk Therapy. And if you're an Instagram user like I am, I am at Walk Talk Therapy MN. Fantastic. Your expertise has been very invaluable. So thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing all that you'd shared today. And for our listeners, this episode will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com, where you can get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. We really do appreciate your support, and thanks for listening, and please join us next time.